With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is a Locker Room production. Hello and welcome. This is Talk the Plank, a Pittsburgh Pirates podcast on SB Nation's Bucks Dugout. This is episode eight. I'm Nathan Hirsch, and we are here today to talk about them buckos. This team is now 11 and 11, 500. Who would have ever thought? I know I really didn't think that that was possible. We're 22 games in, we're one eighth of the way through the season and uh things are looking pretty good right now the team started one and six everything looked terrible but since then they are 10 and five they have won three straight road series it was a long nine game uh road trip pirates went six and three Seems like they've played almost every game on the road this season. They're seven and eight total on the road, four and three at home. They've only played seven home games, but somehow this team is eleven and eleven. They're playing really good ball for them, at least over the last fifteen games for sure. They've been playing great baseball, and um, it's a fun time right now. I know it's only April. I know, you know. There's tons of season left, but right now at this point, it's fun to watch the Pirates. A few roster moves. Uh, Yesterday, the Pirates called up Will Crow and optioned Jeff Hartleib down. Uh, Crow got the start, obviously, yesterday, and he did pretty well. Uh, Four innings, only gave up a run. Tomorrow, I would guess uh, Kai Tom will be joining the team. And that is the center fielder that the Pirates claimed from the Athletics. We'll see how that goes. Just another center fielder they're claiming. We'll see how it works out. If I had to guess who gets optioned, I would guess it's going to be Rodolfo Castro. Once again, that's just a guess. Uh, but there will need to be a move to counteract the move with Kai Tom coming up. And I know he's coming up because I believe Derek Shelton said in a radio interview before yesterday's game that he will be coming up so we'll see what happens there pirates twins recap once again the pirates took two out of three games in minnesota i know the twins have been struggling lately they have one of the worst base uh, records in baseball at this point the twins are seven and 13 that's actually the second worst record in all of baseball but 
that said, I mean, the Twins, they have playoff aspirations. They have aspirations of winning the AL Central, and they're still a really solid ball club. Um, They were missing a few players. I know Max Kepler wasn't in the lineup, but you still look at it. They still have Josh Donaldson, Nelson Cruz, Byron Buxton, um, you know, a really great lineup. Williams Dastadio, he's fun to watch. But the Twins, I mean, that's a good team. Taking two out of three on the road from the Twins, that is, that's a pretty good accomplishment. I mean, you look at this road series as a whole. Taking two out of three from the Brewers in Milwaukee, that is, I mean, who would have thought that was possible? They did that. Then they take two out of three at Detroit. Detroit's not really that good, so whatever. It's a good series win. And then two of two of three at the Twins, that is impressive, in my opinion. Friday night, um, the Pirates did lose two to nothing. Jay Happ, former Pirate, I joked last pod that he's a former Pirates legend. He pitched a no-hitter going into the eighth inning until Jacob Stallings finally broke that up. Um, Twins won that game 2-0. JT Brubaker pitched that one for the Pirates. And I just want to talk about him for a little bit. Brubaker has been amazing in four starts this year. 22 and a third innings, 23 strikeouts. The ERA is 2.01. And at this point in time, I mean, he is the best starting pitcher on this team. Um, he was He was great. Friday night in the loss, Pirates only had one hit total, so there was nothing he could do about that. He couldn't even help with uh, his bat in that game with the DH. But he only gave up two solo home runs. And, I mean, just looking at his uh, MLB percentile rankings, he doesn't walk a lot of batters. He's in the 77th percentile in preventing walks. Strikes out a decent amount, 57th percentile in strikeout rates, which this season is, let me see here, um, 25%. So he's striking out a quarter of the batters he sees. Uh, His spin on the slider and curveball is elite. The exit velocity that he's giving up is not elite, but it's, it's good enough. Brubaker has just been solid. Uh, 2.01 ERA. And if you look at his expected ERA, which kind of takes into account everything of like what should happen, it's 3.60. So obviously it's not at the elite two ERA that it's at now. But, I mean, moving forward, I would expect JT Brubaker to be a guy that He's a solid middle-of-the-rotation pitcher for any ball club. Ball club For the Pirates, he's, he's right now he's their best guy. But for, you know, if you put him in the middle of any rotation, he would be in that rotation. So he has been really good to start the season. The Pirates lost that game because the bats pretty much did – they did nothing. So that's all right. Some games that'll happen. Saturday, the Pirates won 6-2. to two. Trevor Cahill – got the start and kind of like I thought he would he bounced back he pitched in that one let me see here six innings he only gave up one earned run two hits uh he struck out two and basically 
his BAPIP luck was better. Before the game, it was at 462, uh, which is just insane. Twins put the ball in play Saturday. It didn't matter. The luck went in his favor. They were able to stack outs, and Cahill looked good in six innings. And uh, I think we could put the re- put to rest the thoughts of perhaps taking ha- him out of the rotation. Um, four starts, 19 innings. The ERA is still bad. It's at 7.11, but the FIP, 3.25, XFIP, 3.26. And among starting pitchers on this team, surprisingly, Trevor Cahill has the highest F war at 0.4. So he'll be all right. Uh, I'm not worried about him. He had a really nice start Saturday. With the bat Saturday, there was some uh, – Unusual suspects getting the hits. Kevin Newman hit a home run. I've been harping on him all season long. Perhaps he will begin to turn it around. Michael Perez also three for three. He brought he brought his average up from 050 something in that game all the way up to 190. He hit a home run as well. The bottom of the lineup really uh, really led the offense Saturday. And they were able to win that game six to two. Yesterday, the Pirates also won six to two. In that game, we had Will Crow. Like I said, he was pretty decent. Four innings, gave up four hits, one earned run. He struck out three. Uh, with Crow, it was pretty much damage control all start. Uh, first inning, he gave up a run. The Pirates gave him a quick two nothing lead. He gave up one run in the first. It could have been a lot worse. Uh, He was able to catch a screaming line drive from uh, Alex Kirloff, who he's from Plum, people. Uh, He was able to get out of that in the first. And Crow just kind of ran into trouble all start. There were people on the bases, it seemed like, every inning. But he was just able to slipperily slide through it, get out of trouble, And he only gave up one earned in four innings. It wasn't extremely impressive to watch, but all in all, he got the job done. And that's all you can ask for a spot starter such as Will Crow. We'll see if he gets another chance. I'm not sure how long Chad Cool is going to be on the IL. We could be seeing more Will Crow. And um, who knows? He, He looked okay Sunday. The bullpen, as always, we'll get to them a little bit later about just how great they've been. But the bullpen, once again, uh, five innings yesterday, only giving up one run. Uh, Clay Holmes, an inning in a third, nothing. Sam Howard, two-thirds of an inning, nothing. Chris Stratton pitched two innings. He gave up three hits and a run, but he struck out four. And then David Bettner shut the door. In the ninth yesterday, he had two strikeouts and gave up nothing. So, looking at it, the Pirates are doing okay. And I just wanted to uh, take a look here. The offense this series, this series was kind of a regress back to the mean series. Before this series, you looked at it, the Pirates had uh, Adam Frazier, Philip Evans, Colin Moran, Brian Reynolds, they were all crushing the ball. And uh, looking at it now, 
Frazier, he had three hits yesterday, but he's starting to come back to life a little bit here on the season. He's still hitting over 300, 310, 385 on base, 429 slugging. He's no longer walking more than he's striking out, but that's okay. He's still walking nine nine and a half percent of the time, striking out ten and a half percent of the time. But uh, the WRC plus still one twenty seven, and if he could keep that above a hundred, maybe maybe keep that in the one teens, one hundred and teens, that would be a win. Uh, but three hits yesterday. Before that, he had a I think he had an over ten skid, but. Frazier's fine. I'm not too worried about him. Uh, Colin Moran kind of coming back down to earth a little bit as well. He is batting 266, 330, 481, and he still has four home home runs, which is nice. But he's not quite the big bopper that uh, we thought maybe he was going to be in the first two weeks of the season. Phillip Evans, I give him props. He's still hitting the ball hard. He's just kind of been unlucky as of late. He's hitting 243, 333, 432. I'm not too worried about him. So, I mean, these guys, they were crushing the ball early on, getting hits after hits. They're kind of coming back down to earth. But on the other hand, players that were hitting just absolutely terribly are kind of going back to the mean of being okay. Like I said, Kevin Newman hit a home run, which was good to see. Uh, the line still doesn't look good. 181, 211, 250. It, I mean, we'll see. But he at least had a few hard hits this series, which is encouraging. Uh, Michael Perez, the backup catcher, who I once said on one of the other episodes that he is the least fun pirate. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Michael. He had a nice game. He was three for three Saturday, and uh, he kind of wasn't as terrible as it seemed. I mean, nobody's 056 terrible, but he was able to bounce back a little bit. Um, Gregory Polanco. Gregory Polanco, slowly but surely, is he's getting there. The WRC Plus right now is 99, so he's barely below average. His F war is back in the positives, 0.2. The line still looks terrible. He's hitting 213, getting on base at a 314 clip, and he's slugging 393. That said, the strikeout rate is slowly decreasing. Early on in the year, it was well above 30%. At this point in the season, he's gotten it down to 27.1%. That's lower than Colin Moran, uh, who, I mean, Colin Moran is striking out too much in his own right. He's at 29.5%. But Gregory Polanco is also walking 12.9%. He has those three home runs. He hit a home run yesterday. And it's good to see because it's sad to say, but Gregory Polanco is a pretty big part of this offense. If, If he succeeds, the offense will succeed. Because there's not a lot of power. And Gregory Polanco at least supplies a little bit of that. I keep saying if he's able to stay healthy, one, that's the biggest thing. But if he's able to stay healthy and hit, you know, 20 home runs or so, that would be a huge win. Looking at his uh, MLB percentiles here, 
he's been pretty good. Uh, his average exit velocity, 74th percentile in the MLB. Max ev- exit velocity, he hit a ball 116 miles an hour. That's 99th percentile in the MLB. Hard hit rate, 76th percentile. And uh, like I said, the K rate is still high, 32nd percentile. So he's striking out more than two-thirds of everyone in the MLB. But he's walking. He's in the 79th percentile in regards to that. And uh, chase rate's still bad. Whiff percentage still bad. But he's definitely trending upwards. And uh, barrel percentage, 83 percentile. So... Gregory Polanco, keep an eye on him. He is, he's trending upwards. So we'll see if that continues. The thing with Polanco is that, you know, he has these spurts where things look good, but then he kind of disappoints us afterwards. We'll see though. We'll see what happens with Gregory Polanco moving forward. Uh, Todd Frazier. He made his Pirates debut, I believe, against the Tigers in the final game of that series. So far, not good. He's 0 for... He's 0 for... He doesn't have a hit. I believe he has 14 or 15 plate appearances, zero hits, and he was hit by a pitch once. So, it's not looking great for him. But once again, 15 or so plate appearances. I'm not worried yet. Um, I would still rather see him in the lineup than, say, the people that DFA'd in Dustin Fowler and Anthony Alford. So uh, we'll see if he can get it rolling here soon. Another guy who has regressed kind of back to the mean a little bit this series was Eric Gonzalez. Um, I like Eric Gonzalez. I like him in the field. He is – you can play shortstop, third base. It's great. But uh, the WRC plus at this point, 84, so below average there. He's hitting 262, 284, 385, um, so not a great line there. He doesn't walk, like I've been saying, just one home run. But he has been able to pile up some clutch hits this year, so take that for, for what you will there. Uh, he's been okay. His F4 is above zero, so I can't complain. Um, Just looking at this team, whenever I think about this long term and, you know, how long can this last? Is this team really a 500 team? Are they going to be able to string together wins all season? It's been fun now, but, like, how real is this exactly? It's a fair question to ask. Um, the eye test, what I see is basically starting pitching is okay, probably below average. Uh, you know, you have Brubaker who's been good, Cahill who has been unlucky, but up and down, Mitch Keller up and down, um, Chad Cool when he was pitching really struggled with command. Um, Tyler Anderson is just pretty much okay. He's, he's, he's been good with the pirates, but as a whole, I mean, you're not expecting Tyler Anderson to be 
anything more than a back end of the rotation guy. But for the Pirates, he's kind of a, a mainstead in that uh, starting rotation. So the starting rotation is just pretty much, it's fine. It's not great. It hasn't been terrible, terrible. It hasn't been good. It's fine. So I look at them. I'm not excited. You know, I want to see Mitch Keller progress. I want to see Brubaker keep progressing. I want to see some young guys like Crow and Miguel Yajure get some opportunities just to see what they can do. But expectations-wise, I don't really have a ton of expectations for the starting rotation. The bullpen, on the other hand, I test. To me, they've been elite. To me, they look like one of the best bullpens in the whole the whole league, all of MLB. Um, you know, everyone. If the Pirates get a lead after seven innings, at this point in the year, I expect that game to be over with Kyle Crick in the eighth and Rich Rodriguez in the ninth. Both of them have not given up a hit this year. They've both just been they've been great. Um Rich Rod hasn't given up a run. Sorry, they both haven't given up a run this year. They've given up hits. But Rich Rod hasn't given up a run since uh, sometime last season. He's had like 20 or so straight appearances without giving up a run. Uh, He's been good. Kyle Crick, like I said, has not given up a run. But then you look at these other guys. Dwayne Underwood Jr., he has been really good this year. 225 ERA and 12 innings pitched. And uh, the strikeout rate, he's striking out 4.25 per nine, which is highest on the club. Clay Holmes, the numbers don't look great, 6.35 ERA, but he basically, with Holmes, he's had one, one or two terrible outings where he gave up a million runs, but other than that, uh, He's been okay. Sam Howard, I like what I see from him. Uh, David Betnar, I also like what I see from him. Chris Stratton, he's kind of struggled a little bit, but all in all, he's been decent. The bullpen, in my opinion, has just been good. The way I see it is if the Pirates get a lead and the bullpen has to win the game, I'm confident that they're going to win the game. So... That's good. Looking at the offense with the eye test, they're fine. Not a lot of power. Um, If they're able to just scratch together some runs, scratch together some rallies, I'm happy. The offense isn't great. Um, But once again, if the Pirates get a lead, I expect them to keep the lead because of that bullpen. Brian Reynolds has been good. Um, Colin Moran. I know he's cooled off a little bit, but he's nice. Once this team, too, uh, I forgot to mention it earlier, it doesn't look like it's too terrible with Cabrian Hayes coming back from injury. Um, He saw a wrist specialist. It doesn't look like he's, you know, going to need to rest it all too much longer. It's not like it's a huge problem at this point, so we'll see when he's able to come back. But once they get him back, that's another bat to add in this lineup. So we'll see. The offense is fine, though. Um, I mean, 
They just need more power. They're, they've been able to uh, string together some rallies here early on in the season, but the power is lacking, and that's basically it. So I looked here. That's what my eyes say. The bullpen's great. Starters are okay. The hitters are okay. Looking at their F4 totals this year as a team, so the hitters as a whole, 1.5 F4, 24th in the MLB. So pretty much below average. Not great. Um, starting pitching, 0.5 F4. That's 27th in Major League Baseball. That also is really bad. So as a whole, the lineup has been pretty bad. Starting pitching has been pretty bad. The bullpen, though, 0.6 F4. That is 10th in Major League Baseball. So the bullpen has been good. Overall, they're probably lucky to be 11 and 11. That said, though, I also looked at the F wars since the Pirates have gone 10 and 5. So after their 1 and 6, dreadful start in which, you know, they lost 2 of 3 to the Cubs to start the season, got destroyed by the Reds, they got swept, uh, they lost, they got outscored like 30 to 8 entirely in that series it looked terrible and then they lost another game to the Cubs to go one and six before you know before starting off on their 10 and five hot streak so since they've been in the last 15 games when they've gone 10 and five the team batting f4 1.3 that's 17th in major league baseball so they've basically had an average offense Starting rotation, 0.9 F war. That is also 17th. So they've pretty much had an average starting rotation. And then the bullpen, the strong point in this team, on this team, 0.9 F war in their last 15 games. That is fifth in Major League Baseball. So, you know, looking at it, They've been 10-5 and five in their last 15 games. The offense has been pretty much average. Starting rotation, pretty much average. And the bullpen has been elite. Basically, the recipe for this team is to, you know, you start the game. Don't let the other team get a huge lead. Keep it close. Hope your offense can string together some hits, get some rallies going, score a few runs, put up some crooked numbers, maybe score three, four in an inning, get a lead and then get it to the bullpen and shut that down, shut it down. And that's basically what they've been doing. Um, You know, you look at it Saturday against the twins. They had a big, big inning, a big three run inning. They had a lead. It eventually got to the bullpen after Cahill went six strong. They shut it down yesterday. Will Crow went four innings. The pirates got off to a nice early two to one lead. Crow went his four, like I said. Then the bullpen from there shut it down. So this team, I mean, you look at it. It's it doesn't. There's no superstars on this team. There's no star power. They play hard nosed, fundamental. Any baseball cliche you want to throw in there, that's what they do. That's how they're gonna win games. Um, they, they don't have the flashy dude that's going to hit 
five home runs in a series. Shout out Fernando Tatis Jr. I wish the Pirates had him. He's amazing to watch, but the Pirates do not have a guy like that that's just going to put the team on its back and just do incredibly amazing things. This team needs to string together hits. They need to put together rallies. They need to cash in when they get runners in scoring position. So far, they've been able to do that. And when they get a lead, they need to desperately hold on to it. And with the bullpen, they've done that too. In the field, they've made all the plays that they need to make. No stupid mistakes. I know yesterday, uh, Adam Frazier got picked off from first base. Derek Shelton looked pissed in the dugout. The Pirates cannot be affording to do – they can't do things like that. Uh, And so far, it seems like they really haven't. You know, a lot of of fundamental things. You know, you see a guy on first advance to third on a base hit. Um, You know, you see a guy – the Pirates are in the field. If there's a guy on first and third and there's a fly ball hit to the outfield, the outfielder's hitting that cutoff, man, so the runner doesn't advance from first to second while the uh, runner scores from third. Just little things like that. It just seems like this team has an identity, uh, and I give Derek Shelton a lot of credit that they're they're just gonna they're gonna do the right things in the field. They're not gonna they're not flashy. They're not particularly talented. I'm sorry, they're just not. But so far this year, and we'll see how long this can last. I'm not sure it's really gonna last all that long, but. It's been fun to watch. They've just done the right things, and uh, that's that's all you can really ask. I just want to go back here and revise some stupid things that I've said on the pod in past episodes that I was thinking about, and it kind of keeps me up at night because it's so dumb of me to say such things. First thing, I, uh, I, I may have gotten a little too excited on Colin Moran and suggested that he might be the best first baseman in the National League Central. It's probably not the case. Um, Adam, I mean, not Adam. uh, Anthony Rizzo is still that. Uh, Although Moran still has been better than the likes of Paul Goldschmidt and Joey Votto, Anthony Rizzo is probably the best first baseman in the National League Central. But, eh, well, you got to keep an eye on that. We'll see. Paul Goldschmidt, yeah, like I said. Um, There's a bunch of good decent first baseman in the National League Central. Colin Moran's probably not that. Another thing I said, I have to apologize to Gregory Polanco. In the last pod, I I mean, I, I crapped on his defense. And it's easy to crap on his defense because, once again, I test. It doesn't always tell the truth. Um, you know, you look at him, you see him running. It looks funny. He has those long strides. It doesn't look like he's running particularly fast, but actually the reality is his sprint sprint speed is in the 49th percentile of MLB. So he's an average speedy runner. But defensively, once again, yeah, the arm is terrible. Uh, He's been throwing lollipops all year. But when it comes to outfielder jump, basically a metric that measures, you know, a fly ball's hit, how fast do you react to get a jump on the ball? Gregory Polanco is actually the best on the Pirates at this point in the year, and that includes Brian Reynolds. So, sorry, Gregory Polanco. Your fielding isn't as 
hilariously terrible as I thought it was. Um, it's still bad. The Pirates outfield defense, um, you know, I say they make all the they make all the fundamental plays, but when comparing it to, you know, if you compare Byron Buxton in center field to Brian Reynolds in center center field, it, there's no comparison whatsoever. I mean, it's it, it's Buxton by a mile. The outfield defense, Philip Evans, he's been playing left field, he's been okay, uh, but the outfield defense is not great at all. The infield defense, though, I will say, is good. Um, whenever you have Newman at short, Gonzalez is at third, and Frazier at second, that's a pretty nice infield defense. And then Colin Moran has also been really good at first base, from me watching at least. And I have to say, too, and I've said this in past pods, my uh, my judgment of how good a first baseman is at this point is how well they throw the ball to second base. And Colin Moran has been just chef's kiss great at doing that also Jacob Stallings is solid in the field as a catcher as well so infield defense good outfield defense not really that great but once again Gregory Polanco you're not as terrible as I thought so I apologize to you for just uh I was mean that was mean of me to suggest that you are the worst fielding outfielder basically in Major League Baseball. Uh, Yeah, Jeremy here in the comments says Keston Hira, also first baseman in the NL Central. Although with Hira, he plays first, he plays some second base. I think the Brewers kind of have a – they don't really have an everyday first baseman because they also have Daniel Vogelbach Vogelbach there as well. Yeah, Vogelbach against righties, Hira against lefties at first base, but I would take Colin Moran over that platoon, but um, yeah. Looking ahead here at the Pirates' schedule, finally, it seems like the Pirates have been on the road for months. They return home. It's an off day today, obviously, but tomorrow they pick things back up against another surprising team that's been good, the Kansas City Royals. Um, that's the thing about April. You look at the standings, there's a whole bunch of what you look at that. You're just like, you can't really wrap your head around it. Um, but you look at it tomorrow, pirates, Royals, Tyler Anderson takes the mound against Jacob Junis, Eunice, sorry, Jacob botching your name there so far this year. Jacob is 1-0, 3-7-1 ERA and 17 innings pitched. He's given up 14 hits, 18 strikeouts to six walks against Tyler Anderson. 2-2, 392 ERA, 20 and two-thirds innings pitched. He struck out 21 hitters. That's pretty impressive to six walks. Um, if I had to say who uh, who has the advantage in that, I would say that's a wash. And uh, thank you, Jeremy, here in the comments. It's Junis. So that's the pitching matchup for tomorrow. Wednesday, we have Mitch Keller against Mike Miner. The second and final game of this very short two-game series. Um, So far this year, 
Miner has started four games. He's given up 11 earned runs, four home runs in 21 and a third innings, 21 strikeouts, seven walks against Mitch Keller, who this year has had two good starts, very encouraging starts. And he's also had two just absolutely terrible starts. The ERA does not look great for Mitch Keller right now. It's, uh, what is it? Right here. I just had it up. Mitch Keller's ERA is 7.16. But on the season, as a whole, 16 and a third innings pitched, 13 earned runs given up, including three home runs, 17 strikeouts to eight walks. In his last start, he did not walk a batter. That was very encouraging to see. We'll see if he could keep it going against these Royals. I will say, I was just saying this, looking at the standings, the Royals are 13 and 7. They're not a 13 and 7 team. They're not a 650 winning percentage team. That's like that's like a well over 100 win pace. They're not that, obviously. Uh, so I think they're due for a few losses. And we'll see what happens. Um, we'll see if the Pirates can keep it rolling, keep it going here. Uh, I just want to look at these standings a little bit. Seattle's 13-9. and nine. The Mariners, they're not supposed to be good at all. Um, San Francisco Giants are 14-8. and eight. They're decent, but they're not 14-8 and eight good. You could probably say that about the 11-11 and 11 Pirates, but hey, we are... Uh, we're not, we're not going to slander the Pirates on this day when they've reached 500 against all odds. Um, some other standings here that make me kind of scratch my head a little bit. The Boston Red Sox are 14 and nine. Eh, they're decent. On the other side of that, the Yankees are nine and 12, tied for last place in the AL East. That's not going to last. The Yankees are not going to be this terrible. Uh, once again, mentioned it earlier, the Twins are 7-13. and That's the second worst record in Major League Baseball. That's not going to last. So the standings are just straight-up wonky. The only thing that makes sense, really, when I look at the standings is that the Los Angeles Dodgers are 15-7, and and they are uh, the best team in baseball. They're in a tier of their own. So the Dodgers are uh, – I was looking at odds, actually. I don't know who gambles, but I was looking at odds. The Dodgers are plus 150 to win the National League. I like those odds, but, I mean, that's just insanely – that's insane odds for a favorite. Plus 150 for a team to make the World Series to win the pennant in April – that just shows you how great the the Dodgers are. Um, another look here at the schedule. After the two games with the Royals, the Pirates will have another off day Thursday. I'll probably do a pod either Wednesday or Thursday. We'll see. But after that, um, next weekend, or I guess this upcoming weekend, it's Monday now, This upcoming weekend, they have three at home with the Cardinals. So that'll be the Pirates' first look at them. And then 
Pirates going on, they go on the road again for six more. They just, I don't know what's up with the schedule, but very few home games for the Pirates thus far. Uh, road trip, they'll be at San Diego and then at Chicago. We'll see what happens there. That kind of worries me a little bit before middle of the middle of May, the Pirates return home. They'll host Cincinnati for three, and then they host San Francisco for four. I have to admit, the schedule looks kind of scary. We'll see how long the Pirates can uh, keep on track here and keep the winning going. They need Cabrian Hayes back. That's all I'm going to say. But, hey, if the bullpen magic can continue and the starters do just well enough and the Pirates score just enough runs, who knows? Who knows how long this streak, this run of winning can last. Pirates are 11-11. They're currently in third place in the National League Central. Two and a half games out of first here on April 26th. Uh, The run differential, minus 10, but... You take away that Cincinnati series in which they were outscored by 22 runs, they're actually plus 12. So we'll see. It's fun talking to Pirates when they're winning, when they're winning. So hopefully that continues. I'm going to wrap it up there. I'm Nathan Hirsch. Follow me on Twitter at Nathan underscore Hirsch. H U R S H is how you spell Hirsch. Follow Bucks Dugout on Twitter at Bucks dugout b-u-c-s-d-u-g-o-u-t i got my spelling game on today Um, follow them as well we got plenty of great articles plenty of great game threads game recaps great analysis it's a great community the thing about sb nation you get in those comments and you can pretty much just talk with the whole whole pirates community there share your takes just as long as they're not too terrible. I hope my takes weren't too terrible today, but uh, I hope everyone has a great rest of their day. Like I said, I'll either be back Wednesday after the game or Thursday. I haven't really decided yet. We'll see. But uh, tune in next time on Talk the Plank here on SB Nation. Everyone have a great week, and let's go Bucks. Peace.